people that follow us. All right. So, so look. Um, so sometimes we don't just look at the very details, which I'll be honest with you, I really like. We have to back up a little bit and take a look at the picture and see what's going on. And so if you would stand with me, uh, only 17 ver verses in the scripture. So I'm going to read to you uh, these and uh, these will be our text for this evening. Now we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and by our gathering together unto him, that ye be not soon shaken in mind or be troubled, neither by spirit nor by word nor by letter, as from us as that day as that the day of Christ is at hand. Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come except there come a falling away first, and that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition, who opposeth and exalteth himself above all that is called God, or that is worshiped, so that he, uh, as God, sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. Remember ye not that when I uh, was yet with you, I told you these things. And now ye know what withholdeth, that he might be revealed in his time. For the mystery of iniquity doth already work. Only he that now letteth will let until he be taken out of the way. Then shall that wicked be revealed whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming, even him whose coming is after the working of Satan with all power and signs and lying wonders and with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish because they receive not the love of the truth that they might be saved. And for this cause, God shall send them strong delusion that they should believe a lie, that they all might be damned who believe not the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. But we are bound to give thanks always to God for you, brethren, beloved of the Lord, because God hath from the beginning chosen you to salvation through sanctification of the spirit and belief of the truth where uh, whereunto he called you by our gospel to the obtaining of the glory of our lord jesus christ therefore brethren stand fast and hold the traditions which ye have been taught whether by word or our epistle now our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God, even our Father, which hath loved us and hath given us everlasting consolation and good hope through grace, comfort your hearts, establish you in every good word and work. Let's bow our heads. Dear Lord Jesus, we thank you and we praise you, Lord. We thank you that you gave these words unto Paul to give unto the, uh, those that were in Thessalonica. 
And Lord, even to this day, they comfort us. They warn us. They help us, O oh God, that we might be able to distinguish between what is the truth and what is a lie. What is Your way and what is the way against You. I pray, Lord, help us in these days that we live that we do not become uh, sleepy, become in comfort of all of the sin that is amongst us, but instead, Lord, help us to constantly, Lord, be, be uh, on guard and ready, Lord. Help us to hold the faith and the traditions as You've given unto us. Lord, we ask, Lord, that You have Your way in this service. Anoint these feeble lips of clay. Help me to bring forth Your truth and Your Word, we pray. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, Amen. I digress just a little bit. When Teresa was talking about those children praying earlier, that one, was it the girl that had the tight uh, uh, things in her hair this morning with the little, well, you should have seen her right down here. When I came around and said, you can have an experience with God. It's like, me? I can? Oh, folks. There, that's the, that's the uh, catch with the second and third generations that are in church. If somehow or another they get to the place they don't believe. They don't believe. Can you hear me back there, Brother Jackie? All right. Uh, they don't believe that it's for them. They don't believe. But uh, anyway, I'm sorry. Here in the second uh, chapter of the uh, second epistle of Thessal Thessal Thessalonians to the Thessalonians, um, Paul is talking to them and he is beseeching them by the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the gathering together unto Him, there is no time for us to scatter. It is not a time for us to disband. It is time for the true faithful of God to come together and to hold fast and to love one another. And he goes on, he said, and that ye be not soon shaken in mind in your intelligence. Uh, you know, there are sometimes we know too much. And there are sometimes we think too much. And so uh, we need to let God be God and let us be His servants doing His work and His way. And so don't be soon shaken in mind or be troubled by the things that you hear and you see around the world. Uh, neither by spirit, nor by word, nor by letter, as from us, as that the day of Christ is at hand. He's saying, even if you get a false letter from me, okay, don't be shaken. Don't be shaken. And then he goes on, he said, let no man deceive you by any means. That is a strong word of admonishment to each of us. Children, it's even given to you. 
Do not be deceived. Don't let somebody deceive you with slick words and easy, uh, uh, I call it easy, squeezy salvation. Huh? If it's too easy and if it sounds too good to be true, it probably is. God's way is still for us to repent of our sins. To uh, and if we sin after we get saved, repent of our sins and do our first works over and to obey God day by day. And when they come to you, because surely they will come to you, you don't have to live like that. That is the same thing that Satan used all the way back with our all-common mother, Eve, when he said to her, you won't surely die. He's saying, God's Word's not really true. You're not going to die. Huh? And so, let no man deceive you by any means, except there come a falling away first, and that man of sin be revealed the son of perdition. Now, here in these Scriptures, not everybody sees it, and I, I will admit I could be wrong. I don't think I am. But I think these scriptures are talking about two different people. The son of perdition, and then the one in verse 8, if you'll notice his name, is capitalized with the word wicked. And so here, except that falling away, why do people fall away? Because somebody's come up and said, you don't have to live like that anymore. You don't have to do that anymore. Uh, uh, it's been going on, off and on, through the centuries since Christ uh, walked among, uh, among us on this earth that we've had uh, backsliding and revivals. Backsliding and revivals. Don't, don't, don't point your finger over there at the Israelites when Christianity has been doing the same thing, amen, all through the years, drawing close and falling back away, drawing close and falling back away. And so there's going to come a time when there's a man who is the son of perdition. Amen. Hold one second. Let me find this little note here. Uh, uh, but anyway, this man of perdition, he is somebody who does not feel like you've got to go all that way. Now, there have been many through the years that have felt like this is the Catholic Church. It could possibly be talking about the Catholic Church and the son of perdition, particularly being the Pope of the Catholic Church. That's what's been thought of for many, many years. You go... Uh, the great, uh, whenever the church, uh, what is that? The reformers came through. This is what they preached. And this is where they preached from. Amen. That the Pope was teaching wrong. And why did they teach that? Because of the things that he did. And so... Notice this in verse 4. Who opposeth and exalteth himself above all. Huh? The Pope says that he is Christ's vicar on this earth. He is the only 
one. He is the one that can pray for you and get a prayer through. Others may, you know, somehow or another way they might, but I'm the one. And they believe that to this day. He is the one. And then it, uh, he, uh, he opposes when he says that you, really and truly many Catholics believe even after that reformation that they had, and I can't remember the terminology on it, but even after that particular time, whenever they still felt like most of all the other church people would go and be with them when it came down closer to the end. Okay? I don't know about you, but I'm not interested in worshiping Mary. Huh? Jesus never worshiped Mary. Never did. He did ask John, the revelator, take care of my mama for me. That's, that's proper. That's what should be done. Amen? And John did, according to history, uh, down to the time that she died. But is God is Mary immaculate? No. Was she a great saint of God? Yes. Yes, she was a child of God. And she loved God the Father. And in time, she loved her son as God. Amen. And so, and by the way, she can't talk for you anyway. But anyway, who opposeth and exalteth himself above all that is called God. That is worshipped, so that he as God sitteth in the temple of God. Many places in the uh, scriptures, especially in the New Testament scriptures, when it mentions temple, it is not talking about the temple that was at Jerusalem when Jesus, he would sometimes call temple, but there's a couple of places that he said he talked about the temple, and he wasn't talking about the one in Jerusalem their temple, he was talking about other temples that were out there. And this one here is not necessarily talking about the temple of in Jerusalem. It's talking about a temple of God. Huh? Did you know that uh, in Thessalonica there were temples raised up to false gods and they worshiped them? Come on. They worshipped uh, uh, Saturn and Artemis and, and all kind of different gods back during those times. Uh, Mars and uh, Jupiter. They, they took them as being gods back during those days. And so this one has set himself up in Rome. And he sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God or as God. Remember Jesus? He said, many Christ will come. There are many that are raising themselves up and say, follow me. I know the way. And their way seems pretty good, but just like uh, navigating on, on the sea, their path is slightly less over and over and over. And before long, you'll be over on this other direction altogether. And then he says, remember ye not that when I was, uh, was yet with you, I told you these things. Now ye know what withholdeth that he might be revealed in his time. 
There's coming a time when it's going to be much plainer in our sights. I don't know about you, but it's hard for me to believe that the church of Rome is a Christian church. They worship idols. They pray to the saints. Huh? Come on. They believe in this vicar. What's the current vicar, vicar's name? I can't remember his name right now. But anyway, uh, the man that's Pope right now, you know? Huh? Pope Francis? Is that his name? I don't know. Might be. But anyway. So, anyway, our eyes are beginning to be opened. But I want to mention to you something. The Catholic Church is not the only false religion that is raising up. We now have in our day, uh, I'm trying to remember when this was written. No, it wasn't yet. Um, it, was a, it was like another hundred years after this book was written here. This letter was written before the Muslims came in. And they began to follow Muhammad. And notice what Muhammad said. He was the only true prophet of God. Sounds a lot like the Pope, don't it? Huh? And he's the only one. And so that has risen up and come before us. And so uh, there is some thought that maybe these scriptures talk about Muhammad. These that I've talked to you before talk about Muhammad. Or maybe, uh, you know, uh, the Pope. We're not quite sure. But the thing about it is, they're not gods. It's amazing to me. Oh, help me, Lord. It's amazing to me. Let me preface this before I say that. Brother Richard Crane told me years ago, and uh, I think he said it from over the pulpit, is if you want to know what a person worships, see what they get excited about. Come on. Watch them. See what they get excited about. He was talking at that particular time about uh, the snake handlers. Okay? And he said them snake handlers, their churches are super dead they don't hardly do anything until they start bringing the snakes out. And then they begin to get excited. Amen? Well, can I tell you, until you burn the Quran, the Muslims don't get real excited. Until you say something against Muhammad, they don't get real excited. Amen? And so that proves that they're doing exactly what the Quran and all that said for them to do is not to worship anything but God. And so in Switzerland right now, they're all raising up and fighting because they've been burning Qurans in Switzerland. Well, thank the Lord. It's revealing what they are worshiping. And now we come to what I believe is a different one. It says, for the uh, mystery of iniquity doth already work. Only he who now letteth will let until he be taken out of the way. 
Then, notice that, okay? Till he be taken out of the way. I, I count that as a marker saying from verse 7 uh, up that is talking about that right there. Now it says, then shall that wicked be revealed. The man of lawlessness. The man, the wicked. That's what that word wicked actually means. Lawless. He is not controlled by the law. He does not obey the law. He can make law, but he doesn't follow the law. Sound familiar to some of even our people in our governments right now. Huh? And so, he, he then shall, and then shall that wicked one be revealed whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of His mouth and shall destroy with the brightness of His coming. Who is that? That is the Antichrist right there. He will not be revealed until the latter days. He will not be seen. And in all honesty, He is going to deceive many. Do not be deceived. Oh, we can't say that enough. Don't be deceived. You know, uh, Brother uh, Lloyd Shoecraft, he uh, preached um, several years ago at a youth camp about us coming to the, the, the temperature around us. You can take water and it can be real hot and you can set it on a counter and in time it will come to ambient temperature. You can take frozen water and put it on the counter and in time it will come to ambient temperature. The temperature of everything that's around. And the Lord said that He is against, amen, those who are... If, he said He's going to spit them out of their mouth who, is not, uh, who are lukewarm. Those who are in between. And so it is very important for us to recognize this wicked one is coming. Uh, I believe that wicked one is marked over in Revelations 19, uh, 19 through 21. Uh, he is what would I call the prophet of the Antichrist. He is the one that is the religious part of it. Amen. And I uh, said, even him whose coming is after the working of Satan with all power. Years ago, I got so distressed. Actually, when we were first starting the church, I was so distressed because at that particular time in America, there were several large Pentecostal churches, and, but people followed after the signs. And if it was really somebody that was great and they were having healings in their services, then they had a tendency to latch on to that person Oh, they must be a true child of God. Well, it turns out as you begin to learn their lives, some of them were married two or three times. Some of them, amen, were slipping off with prostitutes and they were doing all kind of other things. Amen. I'm going to tell you, that's the way the Antichrist is going to slip in. And we must be careful. And so, he's going to have power. Huh? You're going to feel something. I don't know about you, but when I'm in the presence of somebody wicked, I feel that. Yes. Hello? 
Do you feel it? Or when you're with somebody, you don't really feel if they're wicked or good or you can't hardly. We need to have that spirit of discernment. And you can get it two ways. You can get it through the reading of the Word of God. It will tell you who is and who is not of God. And then you can get it by the uh, baptism and the receiving of the Holy Ghost. Amen. And then He will give you that spirit of discernment. And that will go even farther to where you'll know who they are. You know what can be said. You know what can be done. Amen. We need more of that spirit. Amen. Amongst us. And so it goes on. He said, with all power and with all and signs. Now, Elijah was a man. He was a great man. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, Elijah. And uh, he heard from God. He raised the dead. He healed the blind, the leprous. Huh? He healed all them. And at one point he prayed a small prayer and fire came down from heaven. Guess what? The Antichrist is going to be able to pray and bring fire down from heaven. And so there are signs. We cannot judge a person because of the great deeds that they do. And so he's going to have all power and signs and lying wonders. Lying wonders. Oh, Lord, help us. There are people who genuinely have the gift of healing, of prophecy, of uh, um, government, things like that. The gifts that are shown to us through the scriptures. But we must be careful that they are true to the Lord. Okay? And he goes on, he said, and with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish. You want to know why people are deceived? Here's the reason right here in verse 10. And with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish. The reason a person is deceived is because they want to be deceived. The reason that they uh, say that's no longer a sin and that's not a big problem. I can be married all the times I want to be married, you know, is because they want to be deceived. They want to believe the lie. Amen. No matter what the Word of God says, they're going to believe that lie. And likewise, they'll say, it don't matter what I watch. They can watch pornography. Or they can watch uh, Disney movies. Or, huh? It don't matter. Huh? Isn't that what a lot of us, don't we sometimes wish, oh, I wish I could just see a movie? Come on. Yeah. We need to watch it. We need to watch it. Oh, I don't see what's wrong with one or two little white lies. Come on. It's that deceivableness creeping in. The, the working of Antichrist in our hearts or in those others. Thank the Lord. I hope that you're holding on to the truth. There are times that we may slip. 
And uh, <clears throat> there is plenty of Scripture that talks about slipping off of the road. It happens. Amen. And you can recover. You can recover. And so people do slip sometimes in, in trials and in situations. But oh, if you're genuine, you're not going to slip very far before you realize I'm, I'm drifting. I got to get back to where Christ is at. I've got to feel Him. I've got to know Him. And so these that have that within them, and it's because they received not the love of the truth that they might be saved. <clears throat> so when the Lord called me to become a pastor and a preacher, um, I was a little conflicted about it. Because at that time, a preacher, they would do these surveys of how much confidence you have in different people and professions. And at that particular time, a used car salesman and a preacher had the same level of confidence with the public. Not much. But you have to understand, when God calls a person, they're a pastor. They're a preacher. And if their life is live, being lived holy, righteous, then you're supposed to listen. You're supposed to learn. Amen. You're supposed to allow them to work in your life. That's what a pastor's for. And oh, it becomes difficult with me through the years as being pastor. And I say, Lord, I'm trying to work with them, but they won't let me work with them. Huh? Amen. I'm going to have to give an account for your souls. Come on. I'm going to have to give an account. Amen. Brother Jeff, why didn't you teach them? I did, Lord. But they wouldn't listen. They thought that was nothing to what I was saying. And it didn't matter. Come on. I'm going to tell you something. I know, I know. I'm not talking to you about trying to worship me. No, I don't want that. I don't want your worship. But oh, I would like to be able to pour into people. Amen. The, the gospel and the word of God and the things that I know. But we must be willing to be taught. Here in these scriptures, people are going to be drawn you wonder why some people leave our church and go to other churches? There it is right there, that verse. Huh? Because there was some lie in them, some unbelief of the Word of God, and they decided to go somewhere else. Now I want you to notice here, verse 11. Where does the Antichrist get his power? Where does the Antichrist get this ability to do these things that he is doing? And it's counterintuitive to us, but it is part of God's plan. It is part of God's plan that every man, every woman, every girl, and every boy will be tested and tried. And the test and the trial of your life and my life is Will I accept the truth or will I love a lie? And so 
How does the Antichrist get that power? Satan doesn't have all the power. Let me tell you something. Satan is limited on what he can do. You remember Micaiah? Amen. And uh, the Lord said, Who will cause Ahab to die on the battlefield? And there came up one, and he said, I will be a lying spirit. Ah, that told you whose name is. That was Satan. He came up and said, I'll be a lying spirit. What did the Lord say? Go and thou shalt succeed. He blessed him. It's going to work. It's going to work. Likewise, in verse 11, it says, And for this cause, God shall send them strong delusion that they should believe a lie. I don't know about you. That's been a fearful, fearful scripture there. I do not want to be deceived. I do not want to be led astray. Uh, I remember a preacher uh, many, many years ago. He was preaching about that if you will not follow him, then the Lord will lead you out. And when he leads you out, he'll lead you into falsehood. If you'll not love the truth, Come on. We better get serious about this thing. God is sending those people strong delusion. Later on, uh, you know, they're going to believe the Antichrist. They're going to believe what he does. And I'll be honest with you, my personal opinion, a lot of that's going to be parlor tricks. But they're going to believe it because God will send them strong delusion to believe a lie. Why? Next verse. That they all might be damned who believed not the truth but had pleasure in unrighteousness. I want you to understand something, folks. The sword of God has got two edges. Okay? It can either bring healing or it can bring judgment. I don't know about you, but I need healing. Amen. And that's what I'm looking Amen. for. Amen. It said, but, and so after all this heavy uh, teaching right there, he, uh, he is uh, trying to encourage them, but it's a strong, strong talking to. Amen. And I need to talk to y'all. Amen. Don't be deceived. Do not be deceived. Don't let this world deceive you. Y'all think me probably a non, uh, you know, somehow or another, so many people in our country have mixed up being American and being Christian that they can't seem to divide it. But I want to tell you something. There's a great divide between being an American and being a Christian. Yes. Amen. Yes. And uh, I know, I don't, didn't like him as president and all that, but our country has gone the way, uh, and we can say our beginnings were a Christian country, but we're not a Christian country right now. We are truly probably a land of Sodom and of Gomorrah, a place that deserves punishment. Amen. And I pray, Lord, let America have revival. But we're not there right now. 
And so don't get, don't get in with so many of the lies and the untruths that are going on. Uh, there, how many of y'all heard of this uh, Christian nationalist church that's going on called Christian nationalists? Well, <clears throat> they are in our country. They are several of those. Did you know that in the insurrection on January 6th, uh, what was it, 2020? 2021 or 2020? There were, there were signs out there talking about Jesus and about God. It was this Christian nationalist church was a big influence into this. And they were going in to change laws. And if they had to break a law to be there to do what they believed in, they were willing to do it. That's called lawlessness. God is not for lawlessness. God has called us to be a good citizens. Amen. That doesn't mean that just because they uh, uh, legalize uh, marijuana and everything that we can all go out and get a joint. No! But we are to live first by God's laws, then by the laws of our country. Come on. And so, I was just going to say, how many of you are familiar with uh, Kenneth Copeland? Well, Kenneth Copeland. Yeah. Uh, oh, he was a preacher now. And he is a preacher. But he's not the right kind of preacher. Okay. Come to find out his church is part of this na uh, nas uh, Christian nationalist movement promoting that. He's charismatic. He... Uh, he was a, a pilot for, I'm trying to remember, uh, who was the guy, real big guy over in Tulsa, Oklahoma, Teresa? Um, you know, the faith power and all that. Remember God held him hostage, he said, which was Oral Roberts. He was the pilot for Oral Roberts. And while he was doing all that during that time, he... Married and divorced and married and divorced. Mm, what is that? Huh? And now, Kenneth Copeland, I didn't realize that until I, I got looking, but uh, he's on his third marriage. Huh? And I haven't run it down yet, but I think, think his wife is also a big preacher. But anyway, Folks, we need to hold on Amen. to the Word of God. Amen. It breaks my heart that there's just a few of us here. But I want to tell you something. Just because some have gone and others have gone, some of them didn't backslide, some of them, you know, moved. But I want to tell you something. We still need to share this gospel with our community and do what we can and to help them to have an epiphany. Epiphany. Yeah, me. Not me. I'm sorry. I got corrected on that. But anyway, an epiphany. 
and uh, and so that we uh, can help spread the gospel to others that they can realize I'm lost and I'm undone and I'm going to hell money will not save you going to the big church will not save you you must know Jesus Christ you must be washed in the blood amen uh, if you have time and opportunity as I say amen you need to be baptized with water come on and you need to be sanctified and filled with the Holy Ghost and that's just to get started Woo! That's just the start of it. And so, we need to be that witness. Paul begins to wind things up. He says, but we are bound to give thanks always to God for you, brethren, beloved of the Lord, because God hath from the beginning chosen you to salvation. How? Through sanctification of the Spirit and the belief of the truth. If the Word of God says it, believe it. If the Word of God says that God uh, considers that an abomination, it may not be a law. Hello? But that means God hates it. Abomination. I, somehow or another in my studies through the years, I always have associated abomination with somebody who gets sick and throws up. And when God calls something an abomination, that's what it is. Okay? And so he goes on. He says uh, we need salvation through sanctification of the Spirit. My father-in-law mentioned that in his testimony and the belief of the truth whereunto he called you by our gospel to the attaining of the glory of the, our Lord Jesus Christ. Did you realize you can be glorified? Yes. Amen. Woo! Hallelujah! You can be glorified. I know, I know that scripture in one place and a lot of people who are against spiritual things will say, you know, that uh, yeah, no man could look upon God and no man could see the glory. But let me tell you something. There were some disciples on the hill of transfiguration. They seen the Lord in His glory. There are other places where uh, they saw the Lord in His glory. Amen. Amen. And uh, when Moses came down off the mount from being there present with the Lord for so long, His face shone. There's a different look between those who are and those who aren't. Amen. And then He says, Therefore, brethren, Stand fast. Plant your feet. Stand fast. Don't let the onslaught of this world tip you over or move this way or that way or don't adjust a little bit to be approved and to, to be liked a little bit more. Amen. Stand fast. Hold on. Amen. And he said, notice this, hold the traditions. 
2023 and 2022 in the last several years, uh, it's probably been going on for quite a while now. They say, oh, I don't want a traditional church. Give me a traditional church. Give me a church that holds on to the traditions of God. Give that to me. I want the traditions that have been handed down. Amen. Many things that we do in our church, uh, they were handed down. And they were handed down from the apostles and handed down to those after the apostles. And it's just keep coming on. That's why we still do feet washing. Oh, I don't believe in that feet washing. I like feet washing. You may not like it. You may not want to have it done. But let me tell you, it's a tradition of the apostles. And Jesus said what he did for the apostles in washing their feet, we should do one to another. Yeah. Right. Amen. Well, it's not a command. Go back in my my sermon just a little bit. You know, I said, if the Lord likes it, we need to do it. And if He don't like it, don't do it. He likes feet washing. Amen. Amen. And then He said. Uh, Hold the traditions which ye have been taught, whether by word or by our epistle. There were some traditions handed down that we may not exactly have scripture for. Okay? Word of mouth. And, uh, or our epistle. Now our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God, even our Father, which hath loved us and hath given us everlasting consolation and good hope through grace. Oh, aren't you glad for that? Amen. The Lord Jesus Christ Himself and God. That can be interpreted two ways. He's God or talking about God the Father. Or talking about the, the Trinity right there. But, and even our Father, which hath loved us and hath given us everlasting consolation. Amen. My days may be bad. I may be sick. I may be having uh, tests and trials left and right. But I got a consolation. Amen. I am always looking for the better day. It could be tonight. It could be tomorrow. It could be next week. But you know what? I've got that consolation. I've got that hope. Amen. Every man that hath this hope, what do they do? They purify themselves. Amen. He tells them, comfort your hearts and establish you in every good word and work. Amen. We can be comforted by this. Brother Jeff, how can we be comforted about this man of perdition and the wicked one? Huh? Because we know who wins. We know who has power over them. You can kill my flesh and drag it down the streets. You can set my body on fire or dig me up 50 years after I'm buried and do all that Again, it won't hurt me none. Go ahead. Enjoy yourself. My hope is in Jesus. Amen. Amen. And I know where my Redeemer's at. I appreciate Him. I love the Lord. I hope something's been said to maybe help center you, uh, help 
get you a little more centered in this life. Because right now in America, I, mean, I can't answer about everywhere else, but in America, it's topsy-turvy, it's confusing, it's upside down. If it gets like that, forget it, because our God is not a God of confusion. Amen. So just say, Lord, that's confusing. I know you got to, I know you can handle it. And he will. All right. If you would come, let's seek the Lord. Let's draw close to him. Let's reaffirm our commitment to love the truth, to buy the truth, and to sell it not. Come on.